Today's sermon is entitled The Big Job. The Big Job. If you notice at the bottom, it says now promoting. God is now promoting. Today's sermon is entitled The Big Job. Somebody say big job. Big job. job. Today's message will be more topical than exegetical. Uh, What I mean by that is I'm going to speak about the topic uh, in a roundabout way uh, as opposed to having one particular text and exegeting it line by line, word for word. So I want to talk about the topic of the big job and what that entails. So try to follow along. And so today, uh, I'd like to at least create a slight appetite for the big jobs out there. I want to create, let your palates begin to moisten um, towards the big jobs that are available, not only in the world, but in God's kingdom. So in our cultural, in our culture particularly, we don't aspire toward big jobs. Our mindsets are often small. And as people of action, we want to look for the big jobs, not just the small ones. We don't see ourselves as owners and managers and CEOs. Often we see ourselves as just, you know, entry level people, which is fine. And that's good. But we must be able to understand that big jobs happen in the world as well. So I'm hoping today's message will help educate some of you on what it means to function in C-level positions, to manage groups of people, larger groups of people, and large budgets. I want you to at least get a concept of it. I've been able to work on the ground level. I've been on C-level and executive level. I've owned my own business. So I have entrepreneurial background as well. I want to share what God gave to me as it relates to the kingdom of God and the jobs, the big jobs in the world. But I also must warn you that big jobs can be nasty. They can be offensive. They can be tiring. They can be encroaching. They can be demanding. They can be demeaning. Big jobs can be all of that when all you're trying to do is love God, love others as you love yourself. That's what I'm saying. Those big jobs can bring all of that on you, even when you're just trying to do what God asks you to do. And the reason this matters is because jobs inevitably come with actions. Jobs mean action has to take place. And this is our year of action, right? But I want to make sure we are performing the right actions in our lives. In other words, I don't want you on a small job when you should be on a big job. Now, actions have degrees. I feel him, little Ben. He's pushing me already. Actions have degrees. Small actions. There are small actions. There are little actions. And there are 
big actions. There are big jobs. So different people, though, are needed for different jobs. So different people need to work small jobs. Different people need to work big jobs. And so jobs are made up of various things. So a job, watch this now, a job may encapsulate various options. So when we look at this and we see that God has a job for us, it may encapsulate various actions. So within that job, those actions require a particular person to fulfill that action. Now, inside that job, watch this, if the job is small, the actions will be small. If the job is big, then the actions will be big. So depending on smaller largeness of the job or actions, what do you think that affects? That affects the person whom God calls to do or fulfill the job. So the bigger jobs come with a different level of worry. The bigger jobs come with a different level of worry, anxiety, and responsibility. So these jobs come with weight. Today, I'd like to show you three things. The first thing I want to show you is how your weakness or strength affects your choice of jobs or actions. Because remember I said, small jobs, small actions, big job, big actions. Well, big jobs require more strength. Small jobs require less strength. So if God is calling you for a big or small job, your level of weakness or strength must match the job. Are you tracking what I'm saying? I want to show you that. Number two, I want to show you how to apply your strength when doing the big job. I want to show you how to apply the strength of your life for the big jobs. Now, this is important because most people see themselves as weaker than they really are, and they only apply themselves to small jobs equatable to their level of what they see as weakness. I want to flip that, help you see your strength and equip you and prepare you to be able to utilize that strength for bigger jobs. Somebody say amen. The third thing I want to do is I want to dispel the myth that while it may be true, I want to dispel the myth that while it may be true you got the bigger job because of your strength, it is not true that the higher you climb the ladder or the more strength and money you have, the less you have to worry about. I'll say that again. While it is true you can get the bigger job because of your strength, it is not true that the more money, the bigger job you get doesn't mean that you have less to worry about. So my point today is to get people to see the need to sign up for bigger jobs. I'm a recruiter today. I'm PC to recruiter. And I need to know, God came to me and said, son, I need some people for some bigger jobs. I got some jobs, some big jobs in the kingdom. I need for the latter half, the end of 2022. It's going to set them up for 2023. I need some people to sign up. Can you ask them? Can you, can you let them in on it? 
God is promoting. That's what the title said. The big job now promoting. So here's the thing. Everyone, God says, everyone can't do the same thing. Everyone can't drive the tractor. Somebody's got to open the garage. Somebody's got to sign the checks. Somebody's got to be in charge of HR. There are all kinds of jobs in the world. Please, please see yourself as more than one dimensional. Listen, we're going to look at this. I'm going to look at my life as an example of moving up the ladder, both in the world and in the kingdom of God. It has not been a perfect journey, but it has been a credible one. I have seen me go in the world from small means up the ladder, from entry level to uh, mid-level to senior level to executive level to entrepreneurship. I've been on every level. And I want you to understand that not just in the, the secular world, but in the kingdom of God, I've seen God take me from a ragtag little bitty mannish boy who, who, who liked church, who grew up cutting up in church, spitting spitballs in a church, sticking gum under the pew. You remember that? And then Sister Johnson and Sister Gladys come and spank me on the hands. And boy, cut that out. I say, come on outside and put me on time out. All of those bad things. Now I've moved up. I, I moved up to the choir. Then I moved to the musician. Ah, God. I start playing the organ. Then I start directing the choir. And then I went to youth minister. Then I was director over the training union. Then I became assistant pastor. And then I became the visiting pastor. And then I started my own church. And then God made me senior pastor. And so now I'm showing you how you can grow up in the things of God. God and God uses all of those experiences in your life to bring you to a place of bigger jobs. God doesn't want you to stay in the same place. Is anybody tracking with this? I'm trying to get you to see that there are bigger jobs out there and you're selling yourself short. So let's start with our first section. Here's our first section this morning. I want you to read this with me. Let's read it together. It says, you are called for your weakness, but you are chosen for your strength. You are called for your weakness, but you are chosen for your strength. And so what I mean by being called, listen to this, I mean you are brought in on entry level because of your simplicity. God makes a call out to everybody for their humbleness, your social, your, your, uh, social etiquette, your scale ability. God looks at you not based on what you are uh, or what you could be, but he looks at you based on where you are. He says you're scalable, you're, you're teachable. And so he says he makes this call and the term, the Greek term means that he makes a call. He says, hey, come in. Come on in. There's big jobs available. Hey, let me tell you, let me ask y'all. Hey, over here. Hey, big jobs available. Hey, there's a call out to everybody that he makes the call to. But chosen is slightly different. So God calls us because we're weak, 
meaning we're frail, we're simple. In other words, we're designable, we're malleable, we're changeable. God calls us because we've been broken. God calls us because we've been hurt. He says, come on in, all of you simple, broken, uh, helpless looking people. He says, I got a big job for you. But by chosen, I mean that's being asked to be promoted to the bigger job. So once he calls you in, then he chooses you. He looks at you and says, you, I want you to do the bigger job. So the call is to everyone, but the chosen are the ones who God uses to promote. That he lifts you up. In other words, the call is for many the choosing is the one out of the many. Are you, uh, Man, you got to get this. So let me explain further what I mean with some scripture. Let's look at this passage of scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29. It says, uh, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, and not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before God. And so what God is saying is, what God is saying is, I don't want anybody to feel like you did this because of you. I want to make sure that the world is changed by calling simple, broken people where it looks impossible for them to make a difference. And then from this group of ragtag people that I called, I will choose a few to do big jobs to make the changes in the world that nobody thought could be possible. So watch this now. When he calls you, you can start work right away. So when you come and you give your heart to Christ, you give your heart to Jesus, you can start work right away. But most of the work won't require your worry or your care. Um, a lot of it will be done for you. So when you first get saved, there's no real risk involved. God signs you up for small jobs, for little jobs, just little actions. Say hi to people. Smile to people. Say good morning. Hand out a track. Love your neighbor. Pray for them. Something like that, you know, so you can get started in service and doing small actions because a lot of it God does for you. You so bad. You so messed up. He has to do most of the work for you. In fact, a lot of it is fairly automated. When you get a new job, you get an early job. A lot of the job is automated. There's not much for you to do. They're not giving you a whole lot of responsibility because they don't know if they can trust you yet. So what do they do? They put you on probation and they say, well, let's see how well you do. And so God gives us the opportunity to show how well we do 
with the small jobs. But the more you work on the job, the more strength you gain in that position, the more knowledge and understanding you gain about both the job and the company. You start learning the culture. You start learning the attitude. You start learning God's voice. You start learning how God responds to prayer. You start learning how he answers. You start learning how that you actually love him for real, for real. You start learning all kinds of things about him and about yourself. And so with time, you are asked then to do bigger jobs because of your growth. In other words, God looks at you and says, hey, you've been doing a good job. I want to promote you. I want to then elevate you. Don't you know that Proverbs says promotion doesn't come from the east nor the west, but God promotes, he lifts up. In other words, he decides when you're ready. It's not about self-promoting. Some of you conceited, arrogant embellishers who set up platforms for yourself. God didn't call you that. God says, grow where you are and then let me send you up the ladder. And that's all right. You're not hearing me. So now the company now sees you as more of a strength than a liability. Oh, I feel like taking my jacket off. In other words, it's not, listen, listen, it's not, please listen to this, Lisa. Listen, it is not altogether a great sign that you've been doing the same job for 30 years and no one has ever asked you to do something greater with greater risk involved. You, I've been doing the same job for 30 years. The Lord is blessing me. Uh, that is not a testimony. You should be doing a job for a period of time and you should outgrow it. You should do it so well that somebody in management should come to you and say, you're doing a great job. I want to elevate you. This is how you temper your level of growth. If nobody is asking you, can you do more? You aren't doing enough where you are. Oh, I'll say that again. If nobody is asking you to do more, you aren't doing enough where you already are. I gotta feel him already. Help me. But let's get dig deeper in this, into these big jobs, and see why they require a different level of strength. Check this out. Let's go back to uh, this here. What are big jobs? What are the big jobs? Big jobs are like, you know, you know, changing a nation, you know, <laughs> changing a region, you know, changing the world, um, you know, converting others to a new platform, uh, you know, like a migration of sorts. Like you, you move a whole neighborhood in a new direction. You, you change the thoughts of somebody. You, you change somebody's mind. You help somebody get a whole new belief system. A big job is getting a a person who has been victimized as a domestic abuse. And then all of a sudden they start seeing themselves as having value and that they don't have to be abused anymore. That's a big job. It's a big job to change somebody's mind about how they see themselves. Man, I feel like taking my shoes off. I ain't got no shoes on. I feel like, why well, I keep feeling like taking my clothes off. I don't understand that. So, <laughs> pray for me. Alright, let me go back to here. Big jobs. Big, jo- <laughs> big jobs are what would cause constant worry and seeming displacement. In other words, big jobs cause worry. Big jobs seems to displace you. And people don't like worry. People don't like having responsibility. People don't like feeling, being, feeling displaced. In other words, big jobs have more at stake. That's why people don't like to get involved in domestic disputes because I ain't getting involved in that too much for me to lose. In other words, the bigger jobs require
require more of you. So you want to sit on that little job because it ain't asking nothing for you. I'm telling you, you can't keep doing the same job in the kingdom forever. God uses us and matriculates us according to our development and growth. And you cannot say you're growing in God and keep the same job. Oh, I'm preaching. You cannot be growing in God and keep the same job because at some point God is going to say, I need more from you because your growth requires it. Ah, come on. So big jobs are not only miracles. Big jobs have um, also involved a process. So listen, so when God determines who to call, for the big job, he takes all these things into consideration. Like, where's your strength level? Where's your weakness level? What are the circumstances around you? So big jobs are not only miracles, because some people say, well, big job, that's just a miracle. God just wants to do a miracle. But big jobs often take a long time. Big jobs aren't always instantaneous. They could be long processes that require a whole lot of work for the big change. Listen, what Martin Luther King did and what many pastors and churches did back in the 60s for civil rights, it took a long time to do. That's a big job. But I guarantee you, the people called to do the big job had the big strength to be able to do the job. You can't start the big job and quit because the big job didn't manifest the results in one day. I'm preaching to somebody. In other words, the change you are working for isn't always immediate. Let me tell you over here. The change that you are working for is isn't always immediate. Why is that true? Because the job is big. (laughs) Sometimes the job is so big, it takes more time. You're used to these little small jobs that you can do in an hour. Oh, it ain't going to take me but a minute to do that. God says your time is up for doing those small jobs. This job is going to take you at least a week and a half to process. It takes you two months to go through this spreadsheet. I remember a job I had where I was working for a senior vice president and I was helping him financially. I was strategizing and advertising costs for him. I was analyzing costs for him and developing a system how to get their inventory underway. And I had to run a report every week and the the report was pages long. I had to do different formulas in Excel. It had all kinds of formulas. I had to learn Excel. I had to do training. I had to learn all these formulas to calculate numbers. And it took time. And he would say, you finished with the report? Not not yet, sir. I'm working on it. In other words, it took time because the job was more complex. But if I ask you just list emails and list phone numbers, I can do that in 30 minutes. But when you start talking about cost analysis and projections and budgeting, it's going to take a little longer. So I'm trying to get you to see that the big job may take time, like the big job of Moses. You say, well, Moses parted the Red Sea. You're looking about, that's a big job. But it also was a miracle. That was a miracle. But watch this now. Some of you get excited. You say, God, I'm God going to do a big thing. And you're looking for a miracle. No, no, no. Remember, it took 40 years after he did the miracle for them to wander in the wilderness before they got to the promised land. So he may have popped a miracle on them, but they had to wander in 
in the wilderness for 40 years to get to the promise. It was a big job. Moses had to lead them to the promised land. That was the job. The job was not cross the Red Sea. That was an action in the big job. Do you get what I'm saying? That there are levels of actions and levels of degrees that move you to the place of change. That the place of change is not necessarily manifested because of the action you do today. The action I do today may affect change next year. You cannot allow yourself that you don't see the change just because you don't see the change you won't act today. Cool, I'm preaching. The actions you do today may manifest or be significantly impacting to the change that God has for somebody else next year. I'm already preaching. So 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. And do you know that it took three years for them to kill Jesus? They were trying to execute him ever since they found him preaching and healing people. But it took them three years after he was anointed by John the Baptist at age 30. It took them three years to kill him. The job was kill Jesus. But they couldn't kill him because I'm telling you, change wasn't ready until God said he's ready. And I want you to understand that the disciples had to change the mindset of people from the concept of Jews to Gentiles. That takes some time, y'all. I'm telling you the stuff that you're fighting for. It may take time to change. Some of you want your marriage to change just because you decided to act right today. Okay, you did one day acting right. Bruh, sister, you gotta do some time. It may take a whole year before you see that marriage. Listen, do you know that the bigger the boat, the longer it takes to turn starboard. The smaller the boat, you can whip that puppy real quick. But the bigger the boat, God, do you get what I'm saying? The bigger the job on your life, don't expect so many instantaneous things. I'm preaching wisdom here. It takes time for God to move the stuff in your life. Why? Because there's more people involved. There's more at stake involved. There's more money involved. You asking God for big money, but you want it right away. Well, he's got to notify the banks. He's got to notify the record company. He's got to notify the medical company. He's got to notify so many people who make that happen. You're asking for big money, but you don't want to do the big job. So let me move on here now. We've got to move from law to grace. God had to move a whole people in the Bible from an understanding of living by the law to living by grace. We had to move from procedure, from laws and policies to a procedure of love. That God says, I'm no longer doing things based on catalog one, catalog two. I'm doing it based on love. God says, can you love somebody? He says, all the laws are wrapped up into one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the job. And so big jobs require big faith or big strength. And I'm using strength and faith interchangeably today. And some examples of those are, let's say Abraham had a big job. Why? Because Sarah was barren. God said, you're going to be the father of many nations, but his wife couldn't have kids. That's a big job. David had to slay Goliath, a giant, seven feet tall, 
fully armored with a sword. David had five smooth stones and a slingshot. David had to face Goliath. That's a big job. Joseph went to Egypt, was sold into slavery, did time in jail, but came out as the second in command and lodged the people there in Egypt so God could do his miracle from Egypt. That was a big job. The woman with the issue of blood who came and reached, who had been uh, bleeding for so many years, touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She had to have faith enough to have the big job. Oh, but wait about Job who had the big job. Job with the job. Job had the big job of trusting God even when he lost his kids, his cattle, his health, and everything. He lost it all. But the big job was trust me anyhow. So really what makes a big job or not, here it is, write this down. Really what makes a big job or not is the level of difficulty to believe it can be done. In other words, a big job is described by the level of difficulty to believe it. If it's hard to believe, then it's a big job. If it's easy to believe, it don't take much for that. So when you're talking about believing something, you're talking about faith. And faith is, faith can be seen as acknowledging something that is reliable. In other words, the bigger the job, you must see the job or God as more reliable. So the more I grow in God, the more I'm seeing God as reliable. Ah, God. And so I'm better able to believe him because I know that he's shown himself to be reliable. And so reliability is an interchangeable word for trust. I've learned to trust God. The more I walk with God, the more I believe God and I trust that God has got my back. So wait a minute. Reliability can be used for trust. But when I trust his reliability, I end up doing what he says do. So faith in one sense is to believe the Lord and if you believe him then you'll do what he says do. So the job, I got rewinded back. So the job has actions and actions mean do something. Remember I already taught about kinetic energy and the action and I compared all that. So a job has an action and action means you have to do something. But big jobs are big actions which require big faith because faith can be equated to doing what God says but you only do what God says because you see God as reliable you see God as trustworthy so much so you just do whatever he says like when Peter said Lord bid me come to you on the water Jesus said come on Peter start walking in other words Peter saw God as reliable and it didn't matter the difficulty we know you're not supposed to walk on water that's a difficult, that's a big job, but he trusted God enough to walk on the water because God said, come, he went. So I'm saying to somebody, the strength of our faith is not just on our dependence and trust of God, but God has to trust us to do what he asks us to do. So while we have faith in the reliability and trust of God, God is also reciprocating that by saying, if you trust 
trust me, do what I told you to do. So God is saying there are promotions for people looking for big jobs. But if you want a big job, it requires big doing. And if there's big doing, you got to have big believing to do what God has asked you to do. So little faith is for things that are easy to believe. Great faith is needed for things that are hard to believe. God needs people of great faith for the hard to believe things in life. I started this morning's service by talking about the things that are hard to believe that are happening in the world. Mass shootings, people going into churches and killing people, stabbing people in Vegas, killing, shooting up schools and killing little baby kids and all of these things that are happening in the world. And you're saying, you're saying, God is saying to us as Christians, change the world, impact the world with love. And we're sitting here saying, we look at the news every day. Well, Lord, we seem like we're losing the battle. God says, if you're going to do the big job, you've got to have big faith. Big faith. It says, I know it's got to look incredible. It's got to, that's what incredible means. It means, it means like doubtful. It means that it doesn't seem like it can be done. That's incredible. Remember that old show? That's incredible. It looks like it's impossible. God says, yes, it is an incredible feat. God is looking for Christians to wake up on Monday and say, I'm dealing with a world with full of impossibilities. But God says there are big jobs that need to be done. And while there are many people on the front line doing the small jobs, I need a few people who are willing to step up and say, give me the big job. Why? Because I've been growing. I've been going through some stuff. That cyst on my side taught me some things. That divorce broke me and taught me some things. That foreclosure taught me some things. It grew me up. That sickness grew me up. That being fired from the job grew me up. In other words, I've been through some things. And you ought to see yourself as going through things, not as God demoting you, but using what you've gone through to promote you. Celebrate God and praise him for what you've gone through because that means that you should have been growing through it and where there is growth, there should be promotion. Somebody say amen. So God says, great and little describe the difficulty of what is believed not the fullness or emptiness of our souls. I'm going to say that again. That when we refer to the terms of great and little, that describes the difficulty of what is to believed, not the greatness or fullness or emptiness of our souls. So many people think that with the great job, when it says the term is great, that means that I need to be great. No, the term great refers to the difficulty of the believability. God, remember I told you, he calls you for your weakness. He chooses you for your strength. But the real strong Christian knows that his weakness is covered by the strength of God. So it is not that we we elevate to a place where we develop our own strength. No, what a strong Christian realizes that I grow because I've learned to rely on the strength of God. So stop seeing yourself as inadequate. I'm too empty. I can only do small jobs because I'm small. No, the smallness and the greatness of a thing refers to its believability. Oh God. So don't see the job as impossible because it says great, because it has the nomenclature of great on it that does not refer to you. So let's look at another passage to help us see how strength is applied to big jobs. I'm moving. I got to move fast. I got to move fast. Verse 21 through 
through 28. Watch this now. Jesus went away from there, Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And the Canaanite woman from the region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. There's the job. He wants, she wants healing for her child. But watch this now, 23. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored her, saying, Send her away because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. See, the job is getting harder. It's not coming easy. But she doesn't stop there because she goes to 25. But she came and began to bow down before him saying, Lord, help me. In other words, I ain't going away. I know you rejected me, but I ain't going away. She says in 26, and he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Uh-oh, rejection number two. The job just got a little harder. In other words, in spite of her even coming, he says, I'm not doing it for you. 27, but she said, oh, she comes back with a retort. Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. What she seemed to be implying is that I believe that there's enough power in the crumbs that you don't need to give me the whole bread. So in other words, with the level of difficulty of the job, she was able to equip her faith to match the smallness of the crumb and see the bigness of the power in the smallness of the crumb. And so look at God's response. 28 said, then Jesus said to her, oh woman, your faith is what? Is great. Why? Because you're able to believe what seems unbelievable. She says, he says, it shall be done for you as you wish. And what happened? And her daughter was healed at once. Come on, somebody. Somebody just see this, that the job is difficult. You need your daughter healed. But you go to God and he doesn't answer right away. That doesn't mean no. It just means the job is big. God says, keep asking. You've got to ask again. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Rejection number one, he said, I'm not sent to you. Rejection number two, you worshiping me. The bread is not for you. But she said, I know the bread ain't for me, but I'm asked for the crumbs. In other words, if you can get past the impossibilities of all the rejections in your life of all the reasons why people say no to you and if you can believe it in spite of the no God says you're ready for the big job that is the big job it's a big job because it's unbelievable I'm telling you some of you are scared to pick up the big job because it doesn't seem believable but God says 
says it is a big job because it is unbelievable. So don't be shocked when people around you doubt you and won't invest in you because it seems too big or good to be true. That's why it's a big job because the people around you don't have the faith you have. They weren't chosen. You were chosen. So big jobs require great faith. But why? I'm glad you asked, Lou. Now I've got to tell you why. Big jobs require separation from securities. And we are creatures of habit and we like our securities. We like familiarity and we like things to be done in ways that we're used to. But listen to this. The big jobs are offshore, little Ben. Cynthia, the big jobs are offshore. They have no attachables. I tell Joy all the time, I said, we don't like boats. I took her boating one time. We went to the, uh, down there, I forget where, what is, what is, uh, Balboa. We went down to Balboa Island Beach and we rented a little boat and we went out in the water and we out there in the water. Brrr, I'm dying around. It's a little bitty boat. But you know what? I, the farther we went out, <laughs> The scared I got, and I and I and I say I say to her I say I'm good long as I can see land, long as I can see lights and a building, we good. But once we get too far and I can't see it, nah, I ain't playing with that. So that's what big jobs are. They lose their attachability. God pushes you out to shore. He says, get on out there. God pushes you out there, and Moses standing at the Red Sea, telling God, say, take him across to the Promised Land. God, Moses looking at Jesus like God, like, what you talking about, Willis? He talking about, you want me to, the, the, the sea is right in front of me. He says, but you've got to believe. And so God says, stretch forth your hand. And he raises his rod and the sea begins. You'd be amazed at what God would do if you wouldn't be scared to be pushed offshore. So in the beginning of your life, when you're weak and young, you're all kind of attached to everything. You attach to the church. You attach to the pastor. Oh, the pastor is my, people all those people that passed is my friend the past, all those attachable weak Christians everybody who have to have that I need this Sunday school teacher I need the church to do this everybody who got all these attachable weak Christians when you can go in God and you don't have to be at church every week you don't have to hear from the pastor every day you don't have to well I ain't coming to church he didn't call me he didn't, see, he didn't come see me when I was sick or whatever he didn't do any of that you're a weak Christian because strong Christians are able to put themselves in a position to say, whether I hear from the church or not, I'm doing God's will. Big jobs reside in the land or the domain of worry. Listen, I'll say that again. Big jobs reside in the land or the domain of worry. You know you're in a big job when you have a reason to worry. It is a known and understood fact that with the greater responsibility will come greater potential to worry. Why? Because big jobs defy reason. To be unattached means it doesn't always follow logic. It doesn't always follow reason. And so those scientific people, those realist people in your life will say that doesn't make sense. And you have to agree. You're right. It doesn't make sense. But I'm on a big job and a big job hallelujah 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 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A big job. A big job requires you to trust. Remember, I told you that. It's for you to say, I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm relying on your history of successes. Big jobs are often done in another realm. And so friends around you often always want to deal with you in this realm. They're always talking about what this, this, and that. I know the bank said no. I know you don't have the money. I know you don't have the building. I know you don't have the resources of the funds, but what God is going to do is going to happen in a whole nother dimension. God is able to be in the dimension of reality, but he's also in the dimension of the spiritual. And so God can bring out of the spiritual into the natural, whatever it is you need at a moment's notice. The only requirement is that you defy, that you discover him to be reliable. So big jobs don't have tangible securities. You're not going be connected to the shore. You might as well get used to it. So what am I saying? What am I saying, Shadam? I'm saying that the lines will never connect. When you start doing big jobs, you start disconnecting from people. The big jobs will disconnect you from co-workers. Big job. Listen, oh, the haters. Oh, when I got promoted. Oh, when they made me manager. All the people I used to have lunch with dropped off because they said, oh, you're too good for us now. No, I just got more responsibility. It's a bigger job. Big jobs disconnect you. And I wonder why church folk cut me off. Because now I understand God was promoting me and they wanted me to stay on the same level. You break from old friends when you get big jobs. There are disconnections that begin to occur everywhere. God relocates you. You say, I I like this city. God said, no, I want you to move somewhere else. I need you to work over here. You got all these disconnections. You disconnect from family. Why? Because family don't understand the job you're on. They want you to be little bitty so-and-so. Come on, little tootie. Just stay little tootie. No, God has given me a big job. And remember, all you're trying to do is make things better. Remember, the big job is to make change for good. The big job that God is calling to you is never a job of self-aggrandizement. God is never calling you to be superior to other people. God is never calling you to demean other people and to lord around in an empirical, tyrannical strength. God is always elevating you to do good for other people. And the big job must make big sacrifices for the people who you're working for. But people who don't believe don't see it that way. So the job is big because... It's more about getting people to believe than just about getting the job done. Listen, the job is big because we're not just trying to change where people sit in a room. We're trying to change people's mindset about why they sit where they sit in a room. Oh, snap. I have to say that again. A lot of us take on tasks because we think the task is merely logistical and material. 
<laughs> where God is saying it's easy for you to just play um, uh, what do you, musical chairs where you move people around from chair to chair. But the bigger job is to change people's belief about why they're in the room at all and why they are sitting in the room where they're sitting. I want to change your belief about why when you come in the room, you take the smallest desk. I remember when I was in seminary at Biola University and I walked in the class and everybody expected the black boy to sit in the back. In every classroom, I sat in the front on purpose. I sat straight, straight right in front of him. I said, yes, sir, I'm here. Everybody else in the room was white. I was the only black. I'm the predominantly a white college, but it doesn't matter. And I'm not speaking against race in, in, in any way. I'm just trying to get you to see I had a mindset that I was not inferior to anybody. You have to change people's mindset about why you're there. Listen, listen, listen. You want your marriage to change. You want it to be better. Why? Just because you want to be happier? No. You ought to want your marriage to change because it changes how we see one another and how we believe about one another. I guarantee you, if you elevate the value of how you see your wife, you will treat her differently. In other words, how you believe affects your actions. Oh, when I was a 12-step counselor, when I was helping people in addictions, listen, I could change their action. We would take them off the street and we would sober them up and they go through with withdrawals by taking the bottle. That's fine. We could take the bottle. Okay, you've been sober, but if I put you on the street, you'll drink again. The big job is for me to sit there and counsel them while they're in the program to change their belief system, to help them see why they drink and why they shouldn't drink. And so once they get that belief, oh man, I'm trying, then Joy, what's happening? Is this, should I stop? Are they getting me? Look on the line and see if they're typing. Shana already get, Shana, whoop. Doggone it, listen to me. What I'm saying is, you've got to get the bigger job is to change the way your child thinks. Not just whip them and put them on restriction. Change the way they think. And parents, the way you do that is not simply by restriction, but the best way to change the way a child thinks is to live how you want them to live in front of them. So if you don't believe it, you can't teach it. Oh my God, I'm out of time. Shoot. Listen, Paul had to reach the Gentiles. Paul had to reach the Gentiles. The book of Acts, the whole book of Acts, the, the actions of the apostles is all about taking the gospel to a world that includes Gentiles now, not just Jews who have been living off the Ten Commandments and the laws. That's a big job. I believe in Christ because of the job Paul started. You believe in God because these 12 disciples took on the big job. No reference point. No reference point for the gospel. There was no gospel. They start talking about believe the gospel. Jesus is the son of God. If you want me to believe that? All I've heard all my life is that the Messiah is coming. God needed people of big faith.
Faith is what led to the acts of the apostles, the actions of faith. And it is our strength or great faith in God that will lead us to our next big job. So how do you get strong so you can get the big job? Let me give you this and I'll let you go. I'm running out of time. I don't know if I'll make it. But listen, how to get the big jobs. This is how you do it. And by this I mean, how how do I apply the strength of my life to handle the big jobs God has assigned to me? How do I get the big job, Sharon? How, How do I do it? How can I measure where I am? To know if I'm up for a promotion. How do I know I'm being promoted, uh, Riri? What can I learn about my own strengths that will eliminate my fears of doing something big for God? Well, here's how. The first one is be faithful over the small jobs. That's it. Be faithful over the small jobs. Do a good job with where you are. Just do that. And then look at the scripture. In Matthew 25, 23, he says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will now put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. So being faithful over the little things will make you ruler over many. Your ability to stick with the smaller things will get you recognized for bigger things. Number two, ask more questions about things that are harder to believe. Ask more questions about things that are harder to believe. In other words, don't just don't just say, oh, that's too hard for me. No, ask questions about it. In other words, intentionally confront things that are hard to believe and grapple with them until you understand them. Literally, what I'm saying is try something hard to do. Try something hard. Don't play life safe. Write that down. Don't play life safe. This will build your faith and strength. And God says often, he says, test me, try me, prove me. Doesn't he say it? So look at this text. The text says, Matthew 13, 11. He says, Jesus answered them. Watch this. He says, to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been granted. Look, do you look at this text? Look at this text. The text suggests that the answers to the harder things to believe have been given to us in the body of Christ as disciples. We've been given knowledge and insight and truths that others haven't. And this passage in Matthew 13 was talking about why he was talking in parables to the people in the audience. And Jesus was saying, I got to talk to them in parables because it's not been given to them to know the difficult and the hard things. I got to put it in simpler terms for them. God says, because you're my child, I can give you difficult stuff to believe and you get it but you don't believe it. The passage is really referring to why God had to speak to the audience in parables. So God is saying to you on your smaller job, don't be afraid to ask the hard questions about things that sound or appear to be so unbelievable. God says the answers are there. I've given them to you. You can do the job. We just aren't asking the right questions. Here's an example. Listen, sometimes when I'm looking up something on Google, I can't find it. Not because the answers aren't there, but because I'm not phrasing the question right. When I type in the question on Google, I get the wrong answers because I'm not using the right question. Maybe try a different phrasing or use a different keyword that'll trigger something. But how you are asking it won't get you what you want. This There is an art to asking so that you can get more to what you want. 
The computer is not alive. It only responds to what we put in it. Listen, in iRobot, when Will Smith was in the movie, he was asking the question of the program. And the guy would come on the program. He says, I have the answer, but you're asking the wrong question. So, okay, you don't want to talk about movies, but what about James 4, 2, 2, 3? James says, you have not because you ask not. And he says, when you do ask, you ask incorrectly. In other words, it's right there in scripture. That's James 4, verses 2 and 3. James 4, 2 and 3. Check that out. He says, when you do ask, you ask the wrong way. So when you start asking the right questions, you gain greater knowledge, which gives you greater strength and faith for bigger jobs. So if you start asking questions on the job, that piques an interest. That shows the manager that you have an interest in doing more. Am I helping anybody? So ask questions in a way that will get you the most answers, not just a yes or no. I've learned something in counseling. When you ask people questions, don't ask the question in a way to where they can answer yes or no. I have to phrase the question as a counselor to make them explain their answer. God, so when you pray and when you ask for God to do something, ask in a way to where he has to show you more. (laughs) So finally, the best way to position yourself for the big job is this. Number three, let your work inspire personal growth. Let your work inspire personal growth. In other words, notice that. Let your work, what you do at the job, inspire your personal growth, what you do at home. And so by this I mean, don't just grow on the job. Let the opportunities of the job inspire you off the job to be a better person. On your own time, read books, meditate, pray, read the Bible, take vacations, walks, etc. This teaches you the art of peace and stillness. When you learn, when, when your manager sees you growing personally, they already know you're invested in personal development. Let Sunday worship then inspire you to study on your own. When you come to church, okay, feel good at church, but let church inspire you to study on your own. Don't wait for Pastor Cherry to preach you another sermon. That is empowerment. That's the difference between assembly line Christianity and management Christianity. On the assembly line, you do everything together, and it's too many hands involved to pinpoint responsibility. Some people like to go to a big church because you're lost in the crowd. You aren't responsible for nothing. But when you get inspired by God's word to go deeper, to be better, to love harder, you can begin to stand out more as an individual whom God can promote for the bigger job. In other words, you're not scared to walk in a small room with a few people because you aren't afraid to be seen. Because the reality is, when you go to a big church to be lost in the crowd, it means you're afraid to be seen. Uh, But look at our final text today. Verse 15, 2 Timothy 2 says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, the text says, study, be diligent, find a way to show yourself approved unto God. Find a way to present a better version of yourself to God. Be better so that when you go before God, he sees you better. Show him that you're working without shame. He says, you need not be ashamed because you're rightly dividing the truth on your own time. You're doing your best to be a better you on the job and off the job. Why? Check this verse out. 
Look at this part of the text. It says, now in a large house, in a big company, in a big corporation, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for what? Every big job, good work. <laughs> because, listen, in a big company, y'all, there will be good people and there will be bad people and some of honor and some of dishonor. And so we must do our own personal work to make sure that we are valuable employees who are honorable on our own time. He's saying that if you step away from all the negative, toxic people and do the work on being a better person, he says you become a vessel that's fit for every big job. That means small jobs, big jobs, little jobs, little actions, big actions, you're ready for it because you've been doing the work. So I conclude with the spelling this meant. Here's the conclusion of the day. Thank you for indulging me. I know I went long today, but listen to this. The key to the big job is being better able to handle the pressures of the bigger job. Big jobs come with pressure and you get the big job because you're able to handle the pressure. God won't give us the big jobs if we are still trapped by the small ones. God will not give us the big jobs if we cannot handle the pressure of the small one. You've heard people say as they get older, I work smarter, not harder. And this simply means that when you get big jobs, people don't hire you for the hard work you do. They hire you for management and executive jobs because of the sophistication of your mental and emotional ability to handle the anxiety and worries that come with the bigness of the job you've been given. When I managed teams, when I managed all of North America and Canada, and I worked cross-globally, and I was on, on the phone uh, with people in Europe early in the morning trying to be in different time zones, I understood that they didn't hire me for the work that I do anymore. They hired me for the sophistication of my mental ability to handle big problems when they came. And the myth is that people think because I'm so strong in God, I have no worries no more. Or if I was truly strong in God, I wouldn't have stress or to be anxious. I'm dispelling that myth because the real fact of the matter is that when you do get a big job, you're swarmed with worry and care. The truth is God has chosen you because the job he has for you is riddled with risk importunity, worry, insecurities, detachment, uncertainty, and sacrifice. So just because you're strong in God doesn't mean that things goes away. It just means that you're able to handle it better. It is not that these things are no longer exist, but that we're chosen because we have strength of faith to believe the difficult things to believe. We see the trouble and we say, don't worry, we can fix it. So many times my teams would come to me and say, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, uh, this is the server's crash. This is, this is coming. I say, all right, calm down. Where's the customer now? Get them on the phone. Let me talk to them. And while we're talking to them, reboot the server. Transfer their data over here. Do whatever we need to do. I have to be able to de-escalate. That's what they call me for. Can I look at you this morning? And look at all the names that are online. Who can I pick out of there to say I need you to handle a big job? 
And what I'm saying is, I need you to be handles, to be able to handle something that comes with a lot of stress and a lot of worry. You have to be able to say, listen, I believe my voice can be used to help change the black community. I believe my voice can be changed, can be used to help change a whole neighborhood or a region. I believe my songs can create a big enough platform for me to reach more people for Jesus. I believe the job of helping marriages stay together is doable when I share my podcasts around the world. The question this morning is, what are you believing that is so hard for others to believe? That's it. What do you believe about you that is so hard for others to believe? The difficulty of the belief speaks to the bigness of the job. So what is the big job you're on? Don't see your worries and cares as God's rejection and disapproval on your life. Instead, count all those things in your life that you could be worried and anxious about and give God glory that he has seen fit to weigh you by your heavy burden. In other words, God says, I'm weighing you by the stress and the worry and the cares of your life. And after I put you on the scale, I say, you're heavy. And based on the heaviness of your life, God requires you for the big job because you can handle the weight. In your life. It must mean. He chose me. If I've got a lot to worry about. If I've got a lot to be concerned about. It must mean he chose me. For a bigger job. If my life has a lot of things to be worried and concerned about. It means God says I have the strength. For this big job. Corinthians says. He will never put more on you than you can bear. So no matter what you're going through, you have the strength for it. This has been the presentation of the big job. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.